Welcome to Hello Health Today, where health is a leadership strategy. I'm Dr. Carmen Mohan. My guest, Marcy Dixon, is part of our Women at the Helm series. Marcy is the Chief Marketing and Business Development Officer for Miles Mediation and Arbitration, an award-winning alternative dispute resolution company based in Atlanta. Over the course of her career, Marcy has worked with law firms, legal tech companies, professional services firms, and brands such as BMW, Mercedes-Benz, Ritz-Carlton, and Second Line Studios. She is the producer and guest host of the Future of Resolution podcast and co-host of the Seeking Strategy podcast. We talked about how women only have about 15% share in news coverage in the best of times and our sense that the COVID-19 pandemic has further reduced our share of the voice. More women need to know that their voices matter and that this is a channel um, in which they can share it. Women add warmth to leadership. Being able to connect with people on an emotional level is incredibly powerful. During these challenging times, it's even more important that we invest in good self-care. I think it's incredibly important to make self-care a priority in these times. Marcy, it's really fun to have a fellow podcaster on the show. Welcome. Thank you, Carmen. Thanks for having me. One of the reasons I started this podcast is because I'm ready for women's stories to be a bigger part of the narrative. Are you aware that only 30% of podcast hosts are women and fewer than 18% are people of color? No, I was not aware of that. That's alarming. It's you and me define the odds, Marcy. You and me. (laughs) Wow. So I just have to ask, what was the impetus for you to be part of not just one, but two podcasts? So uh, for the first one that I'm a part of, that's through my job. And a couple of years ago, actually it was three years ago, we were in the process of doing a rebrand. And I thought that it would be a good idea for us to launch a podcast because our our field um, in the area of law is very niche. And I wanted us to share our thought leadership. And that would be a unique way to do it. And uh, the second podcast, which I am obviously very, very passionate about is seeking strategy. And what what compelled um, me to do that one was I am a CMO based in Atlanta. And there's one other Black female CMO who's based here in Atlanta. And we are the only ones in legal on the East Coast. Of course you are. So of course, I'm talking to, by the way, when she says CMO, she doesn't mean like I'm the chief medical officer for Hello Health. She means right. that CMO chief marketing officer. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, um, yes. So we, and, and it's funny because I, her name is Lee and um, we knew about each other because um, we're the only ones. And when we finally met, we were at a conference and she like spotted me from across the room and we like came together and she's like you must be Marcy of course you are you're the only other one in the room (laughs) oh no oh that's so Marcy you're so beautiful and anyone would be able to spot you across the room but I'm I'm really saddened that the reason she was able to spot you across the room is because there weren't any other black women in the room right that is in a room of almost 500 individuals yes yeah yes um but you know we we got together and we decided that we wanted to start a podcast to share our perspective about being legal marketers, being the only women of color in legal marketing, 
Um, so that's that's what uh, kicked it off, and we're we're really enjoying it so far. Well, so you know what I love about this is that thought leadership. Um, and podcasting can go hand in hand. And more of us need to be here in this space. Um, Let me just share some stats with you guys. 50% of the listening audience is female. Women listen 20 minutes longer than men do. But the top 100 podcasts in 2020, 21% have a woman as a host. How do we change this disparity, Marcy? Oh, I just, um, you know, it's not a, a, a question of access, I don't think. I think it's uh, more women need to know that their voices matter and that this is a channel um, in which they can share it. And um, perhaps it is about access, but I think sharing that type of information is absolutely critical because I was unaware. I thought that there was more parity for sure. So I think it's a combination of having more women explore podcasting as an opportunity to share their perspective and their thought leadership, um, but also having more women support these efforts, you know, whether it's um, supporting a podcast run by a woman and subscribing and sharing. I mean, I think that collectively we need to um, sort of take more ownership and support each other because there are too many brilliant women out there that should be sharing um, their expertise and their experiences through podcasts. And it's just true that women have to ask for that support, right? Like, we have to support each other. So you're listening, 50% of y'all are listening, but you're not supporting your shows or like what, right? Like, how do we change this? Yeah, I know know. we're we're shaking our heads, y'all. We're shaking our heads. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. But you know what, Marcy? I am going to become a regular listener of your show. And um, I, I'm going to start rating and reviewing all over the place because it really does matter. I'm Thank glad you. we're both out it. here on the airwaves. You know, I'm going to be honest about something. And this may be a factor. It's a little scary. I mean, it's not I, I don't I didn't want to be a podcaster. I mean, a couple of uh, years ago, if someone had said, hey, you're going to have your own podcast, I would have laughed. I mean, I, I don't I don't feel um, you know, I feel comfortable now doing it. But there may be women out there that don't feel um, like they have the confidence um, or the support to do it. So, Carmen, you and I together are telling anyone listening, if you want to start a podcast, you can do it. You should do we it. Are. If you need help, just reach out. We are. Beautiful. You are actually a prolific writer and an award-winning blogger. I saw your article on why podcasting is a no-brainer when it comes to marketing a business. Can you tell me more about your thesis as a marketer and a podcaster? Sure. Um, so, you know, as a podcaster, I, I'll have to say that even absent of the podcast that I have, I'm just very passionate about um, podcasts as a channel to share information and to educate. I mean, I, I, my friends make fun of me, but I listen to podcasts all day. I mean, business podcasts, self-help podcasts. My daughters listen to these little story time podcasts. I mean, my day is filled with <laughs> listening to various podcasts. So as a marketer, I recognize the, the, the immense value in, in putting information through a channel where it's permission-based. I mean, podcast listeners have to subscribe and actually listen to your podcast. I mean, that is an excellent way um, to get 
um, information out there with an audience that wants to hear what you have to say. So um, that podcast um, article that I wrote in Bloomberg, um, which was co-authored with um, another legal marketer, um, was really just to make sure that legal marketers understand the value of using podcasts as a way to um, interact with clients in a creative way and to share their firm's expertise um, and, you know, share information about what they're doing within their um, particular firm. So it's, if you look at the stats, podcasts are incredibly powerful. Um, they've exploded in the past two years. I mean, even in COVID, I mean, there are like hundreds and thousands of new podcasts. So it really is an incredible tool. And I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about it. Marcy, there's just so much we could talk about today, but I'd really like to focus on you as a leader and the role self-care plays in helping you achieve your purpose. So let me understand better what you do. You work for a law firm, but you're not a lawyer? <laughs> Correct. Um, so it's actually a mediation and arbitration firm. Um, we provide legal services, but technically uh, we're not a law firm. Our, our panel is comprised of mediators and arbitrators um, that service law firms and lawyers. Um, so that, that's what we do in a nutshell. And I am the head of marketing and business development. Yeah, interesting. It's almost like if you told me lots of things about doctoring, I'd get it. But that's like gobbledygook for me. <laughs> <laughs> You've worked in business development, publishing, and marketing for more than 15 years. What does it mean to center your work around conflict resolution, diversity, equity, and inclusion in the legal field, women's empowerment and wellness? It seems really big, right? Really big topics. Yeah. Um, and, and some of those are, are just personally what I'm interested in, um, women's empowerment but and, and wellness um, for a lot of reasons that I can get to um, in a minute. But, um, you know, I it's... I didn't expect to get here. I mean, my career journey has been really interesting. I mean, I always wanted to write. I always wanted to be the editor of a national publication. Um, so, you know, I've had a series of, of jobs working for national publishing companies and media companies and chanced upon the current um, company um, where I'm at. I was working um, with our CEO and I was very comfortable um, in my role um, prior to this one. And he kind of wooed me away. He was like, hey, I want you to manage all of our marketing. Um, we're going to scale this company to a national alternative dispute resolution into a national um, into a national alternative dispute resolution company. And I want you to be a part of that. And I was just so taken with his vision. And even though I had no interest um, in working in legal, even though I was working for a legal media company at the time, I didn't want to stay in it. Um, I was just, I, I, I saw the ability to make a difference um, with this company. And every day I see what our mediators and arbitrators are able to do in terms of helping people resolve disputes um, as opposed to spending years in litigation and, and hundreds of thousands of dollars in costs and just the emo emotional turmoil of being embroiled in litigation. I love being a part of that. I think that we're doing really great work and um, I'm just proud of, of, of everything that we do and I, I love it. Um, diversity, equity, and inclusion is like, I don't know, the hot topic of um, the year. I would say, uh, what what kinds of work are you doing with uh, Miles Mediation? So, 
I mean, I've been very vocal, obviously, about the, the lack of diversity, equity, inclusion in law and in our area of practice, which is alternative dispute resolution. Uh, within the firm, about a few years ago, I spoke with our CEO about the importance of making sure that we were diverse and inclusive. Um, our panel is comprised of attorneys and judges, and typically in law, I mean, it's 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 dominated by white men, um, and it's been very slow to change. So I had a very uh, frank conversation with him. Uh, if he wanted to differentiate and distinguish the firm in positive ways, moving the needle um, with our diversity would be the best thing to do. So he was very receptive to that and embraced it. And it's one of our core values now. And if you look at the firm, we are the most diverse ADR firm, um, one of the, the, the most diverse in the country. And I'm, I'm really proud of that. We were very intentional about it. We put together programs to make sure that we were recruiting diverse candidates and also supporting them once they joined the firm to grow their practice. So important that the support is there once you get going, right? Yes. What's, what's the use of the momentum if you can't continue? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You were recently invited into the Forbes Business Development Council, where you'll start writing for Forbes.com. Congratulations. Thank you. What are you going to write about? Oh, boy. It's a, a lot. I'm going to write about diversity. Yes. <laughs> oh. Amazing. <laughs> write about sales strategy, marketing, um, just a, a whole range of topics. I mean, it's it's really exciting to have um, to, that platform to share um, information and connect with other business leaders across the country. So I'm really excited about it. And I'm really glad for you. Um, if only we could clone you. you know as a leader what would you say your highest purpose would be Hmm, that's a great question i i would say that my purpose is to i it's service um yeah i it's it's definitely service like i want to uh, make a difference, obviously, within my organization, but I want to be able to make a difference. And the only way to do that is through service. Um, I, you know, I can talk about this in a minute, but I I consider empathy to be my superpower. Oh, so, I love that. I mean, it really is. It's something that I actually used to be ashamed of. I thought it was something that made me weak, but I recognize the importance of empathy and leadership. I mean, I think it's the linchpin for everything. It's how we can relate and work for others, um, how we take care of ourselves. And I think that a culture that's built on connection and trust starts with empathy. And I want to be that leader so that whoever is working with me knows that they can be their best selves because I'm going to support them and they're going to feel safe and seen. And I think that that's, that's the secret sauce that's missing in leadership at times. Um, empathy is seen as a weakness and it's not. I think it's incredibly important. You know, um, within the Hello Health system, empath is one of the healing personas because so many empaths are told, you really need to toughen up or you need a thicker skin, right? And um, like you said, it's a, it's a talent, it's a strength. It just needs specialized support. When did you move from 
thinking that empathy was a real weakness to being able to support it and use it as part of your leadership style? To be completely honest, it's been recently, like I'd say in the past, within the past three years, um, I am really a big fan of Susan David's work on emotional agility and in looking at her TED talk and reading her book and then doing more research around it, it really just made me recognize um, how important um, emotions are within myself and in others. Because the reality is that people show up to work every day and they bring, you know, all their emotions with them. And as a leader, you need to help them navigate that. And you need to help them understand um, that they don't have to close it off and not be who they are, but they have to be able to harness it in the right way. Um, so it was really reading her work and then, and, and obviously um, Brene Brown. Oh, I mean, um, all of her books. So many. Oh, I love her. I mean, and, I mean, and so many of our guests mention her. Talk about Thought Leader, who is a podcaster. Love her. I do. <laughs> and then after reading Daring Greatly, that was it. It was like, you know what? Showing vulnerability and um, being able to connect with people on an emotional level and, and recognizing um, that strength and that skill is incredibly powerful. And there have been so many times throughout my career where it has served me well. Like, I mean, that's part of the reason why I'm in business development is because I see the value in forming relationships and valuing who people are. And I think that is incredibly useful and it's important. So it's something that I lead with and I'm not at all ashamed to admit that, you know, I, I value empathy, whether it's in sales, marketing, um, leading a company or managing a team, it's, it's important and I'm proud of it. You know, I, I say often that women add the warmth in leadership. And then companies will say things like, we want people to bring their full selves to work, or we want people to bring their best selves to work. You mentioned actually supporting people's um, emotional selves. Um, I guess people feel often that it's not an authentic offer, you know, and that they won't be supported emotionally at work and that they need to keep their emotions at bay. Is there something that you're doing that's offering that safe space? It's acknowledging that, that mm -hmm. they have those emotions. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's important to, especially in the workplace, mm -hmm. to provide a space that's psychologically safe for individuals. And, it, I think it's part of showing that vulnerability for yourself that enables people to be their their, their true selves. And they feel the, the ability to open up and say, you know what, I'm not having a great day today. I feel comfortable saying that to someone or I need help with this project and I'm not ashamed to admit that. I think that as a leader, if you're able to um, communicate that for your teams and they will feel that sense of safety and they'll do the same. And as women, and I, you know, I'm biased here, but <laughs> we have the ability to do that. I mean, we are, I mean, we are tremendous leaders. We value teamwork. We're empathetic. Uh, we value work-life balance. We're creative problem solvers. We're self-aware. We're flexible. We're less egotistical. We, <laughs> we know how to communicate. I mean, the list goes on and on. And, um, you know, that's why moving forward, I want to be more vocal, even when I write. Um, for Forbes or on other platforms about 
um, how women can help transform the workplace because we are incredible leaders. You have two daughters. How has being a working mom shaped your leadership style? Oh, wow. Um, obviously, empathy is a play there. Yeah. <laughs> um, patience. Um, I'll say that um, what's really transformed my parenting in the past few years has been um, my mindfulness practice, like really being able to be fully present with them and live in the now uh, because it's easy as a working mom um, with the small children to get overwhelmed or um, to lose focus or sight of what really matters. And I, I have certainly been guilty of that so many times. Um, but my, my girls remind me of what really matters and, and I, everything that I do, I do for them. And I also want to lead by example. So I'm constantly reminded when I am with them, okay, you have to be present. You have to focus with them. You have to calm down. You have to be more tolerant, more patient. All the things that I practice through mindfulness with other people, I, I use with my girls and, and it helps tremendously. Amazing, amazing. Um, mindfulness is so, so important. When I talk to audiences, I say, if you could do one thing for yourself, starting a meditation or a mindfulness practice would be the number one thing I'd recommend. I agree. How was your work life changed by motherhood? Ooh, that's a big one. <laughs> I mean, it, it changed drastically. I mean, my sense of purpose changed. I mean, everything um, that I was doing was for them. And um, early on, um, I learned that I would never apologize for being a working mother. And at home, I would never apologize for the fact that I had to work. Um, and it was very difficult in the beginning because like most working mothers, I had that sort of existential crisis of going back to work and leaving my, my children and wondering if I should be with them, nurturing them every day, homeschooling them. Um, there, there's always that, that guilt, um, that, that creeps in at times. Um, but for me, working is important because I feel like I'm setting an example for them um, about how I want to live my life. And um, I think that they are hopefully going to follow suit and see, hey, my mom worked hard, but she was also present. And even though she wasn't here all the time, the amount of time that she spent with us um, was quality and she was always present. This is a good time for a short break. When we return, we'll be talking about how to take some time out for good self-care. Stay tuned. The Hello Health Clinic now offers one-time consultations through video visits. Our most popular is the Lifestyle Assessment, which is a 360-degree picture of your health and well-being across eight dimensions. Get started today. Visit our website at hellohealthclinic.com. I'm talking with Marcy Dixon, the Chief Marketing and Business Development Officer for Miles Mediation and Arbitration. You sound so busy, Marcy. How are you finding the time to take good care of yourself? So I have to be very intentional about how I'm taking care of myself um, and uh, my family, obviously. 
I really rely on mindfulness and meditation to sort of help me find that balance um, and, uh, you know, to manage the stress that obviously comes on a daily basis. Um, I also carve out a lot of time to, to, to exercise and to run. Um, that's really important for me. And that's sort of become a form of meditation for me as well. Um, I've recently really embraced my love for writing. So I've been working on a lot of projects um, on the side to sort of sustain me and um, make sure that I'm carving out time to do something um, for myself. And yeah, I mean, I have to be very intentional about it though, because it's easy to lose focus and to get out of balance. Um, and, you know, there was a time where uh, self-care felt selfish. It's not oh, something yeah. um, mm-hmm. that I believe at all anymore. I mean, my new self-care mantra is silence and solace. I'm constantly trying to find ways to be still and be silent to sort of refill my cup with activities um, and with people who make me feel whole and centered and uplifted and supported. So I take self-care very seriously because no one would want to be around me if I were not doing these things. (laughs) Um, So that's, that's what I'm doing on a daily basis. Stillness, silence, and solitude. Wonderful. I think you're the only person I've ever talked to who is like me about running. So I find running very meditative as well. And I've recently disclosed my running goal this year is to complete 2,021 miles. It's still hard for me to say that out loud. I've run 113 miles so far this year, so only 1,908 to go. But it's been my least favorite running weather lately, like cold, wet, rain. What's keeping you inspired? (laughs) Well, you know, it's ironic. I actually am supposed to be running... 2021 as well. Ah, um, yes, look at that. Yes. <laughs> and I guess right. I didn't give you that idea. So what's going on? <laughs> I, but here's the thing though. I don't, I don't know like right now. So um, I don't know if I'm going to do it. Um, I was supposed to do it last year. My sister-in-law and I, we run together. She's in Seattle though. Um, and she's Virtual running partners. For- very inspiring. Yes. yes. <laughs> and last year I committed pre-COVID to run 2020 miles with her for the run the year challenge. Cool. Yeah. And, um, by April, I, I had to take a little break. I mean, for obvious reasons, I just, I, I just couldn't keep up with it. The kids were at home, virtual learning and work was insane. So I took a little hiatus and stopped running and she went on to finish last year. She actually ran over 2020. Whoa. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I ran th- 276. Um, so, but this you year, know, you know, everybody else year. would say the fact that you kept running at all is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not strive for overachievement in all aspects of life. <laughs> yeah, um, I love it. One of the aspects about medical care through my company, Hello Health is that we bring mental health to the forefront in our services. And I mention this because, like doctors, lawyers are an at-risk profession of suicide. So women physicians are particularly at risk, and I take my own self-care very seriously, partially because of the stats. In fact, I'm promoting the idea that self-care is a professional responsibility. So Marcy, I know you're not a lawyer, 
but you work on behalf of many of them and you're around them a lot, right, in the legal profession. What's it like for women in law? What's it like for you in marketing legal? I mean, it's, it's stressful. I mean, particularly for focusing on women lawyers, uh, there are so many challenges. If you look at the practice of law in general, it's not very diverse. It's not um, as inclusive as it should be, particularly for, for, for working mothers and for women in general. So women are constantly trying to find ways to make space for themselves and to, um, to, to get promoted, to get quality work. Um, it's it's really it's it's unfortunate, um, but it's a very real issue. And if you look at um, the statistics, I mean, lawyers um, of all professional services workers um, struggle more with the depression and substance abuse, and have higher rates of suicide. And I've no doubt that COVID has um, exacerbated that for for lawyers in general and for women. If you factor in, uh, particularly for working mothers, um, trying to find balance as they um, care for their their families in an environment that already does not support work life balance. I mean, it is it's a very difficult time, and there's a lot that needs to change within the profession to support uh, women lawyers. And Hello Health is really trying to make that happen, and. Unfortunately, we've been having to ask, what will it take for women to start making mental health and self-care a higher priority in their lives? Women so often put everyone else's needs first. In fact, in clinic, what women are telling me is that they're already my patient, right? But they're all always asking, hey, could you see my kids or could you see my husband? And it's just it's so easy for them to see other people's needs and so hard for them to accept help, even my help. Wow. That's, I mean, I believe it. I mean, it's, it's hard. As women, it's hard to ask for help. I mean, we are accustomed to doing all the things and sometimes going it alone. Um, and, I, and I would say for anyone in, you know, in this situation, if there's ever a better time to ask for help, it's now. I mean, there's no shame in, being able, in reaching out um, if you need to talk to someone um, to get through whatever you're getting through. And um, I think it's incredibly important to make self-care um, a priority in these times. But well, here's the challenge. Right now, everything seems like a priority. We're told being mm-hmm. a good parent is so important, yet our kids, half of them aren't in school half the time, right? They're distance learning, which is like this new thing. Self-care is so important. Good health is so important. And we can go on and on. Do you use any particular technique when you prioritize your day-to-day? Yes. I, I, I have to schedule it. I have to schedule, and this may be overkill, but it works for me, is that I have to be very intentional about scheduling every single aspect of my day because trying to balance the responsibilities at work um, with everything that's happening at home, um, I no longer have the latitude nice. <laughs> to just um, to be more creative or flexible about it. So I schedule everything. Um, during the week from work to personal um, tasks to self-care. Like I schedule when I'm going to run. I schedule I, mm-hmm, I schedule a 90-second break after every single Zoom call. Awesome. I mean, it's my husband thinks it's insane. He's like, I don't understand this 25 minutes. to me. <laughs> I mean, it works. <laughs> um, and I, I highly recommend it. I would, I would schedule 
um, the time that you need to take care of yourself. Yeah, you um, schedule in the downtime. You put yourself yeah. back into your schedule. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if there's any one thing that I have said to multiple women in my practice, it's you need to put yourself back onto your schedule. <laughs> I don't see you in any of this. <laughs> right. It's hard, though. It's, I mean, it's it's really hard um, because these are strange times. So normal rules wouldn't apply, but Absolutely. they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of other things that I have to do as well. I mean, in terms of being intentional, I mean, I have to rem- constantly reframe most of my thoughts. And actually, this is something that I started working on with my therapist, which is actually another thing that I highly recommend, um, is just making sure whether it's through... Are you still there? I am still here. Oh, sorry. It said you uh, you dropped off, oh, but yeah. you're still there. Sorry about that. As, as predicted, but don't worry. <laughs> I, okay. We are still on. Okay. Um, so whether it's um, engaging Hello Health or a mental health practitioner, it's really critical to just make sure that you're, um, that we're taking care, um, of our emotional health and, and not being ashamed, um, of doing that because I, I talk to friends all the time and they're like, I need to talk to someone. I need a therapist. And I just don't know where to start. And I, I'm just, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to wait and, and, and sort of, uh, see if it passes. But again, like this, this is the time to, to seek out help. Um, so yes, absolutely. This is the time for enhanced resiliency where mm-hmm. we just all need to band together. <laughs> yes. Yes. And yes. we do offer mental health counseling integrated with medical care at Hello Health. Just so you know, for, for you and for your friends that we, we are trying to make sure people are just aware of our services and that we view emotional health and mental well-being as just it's just like one more aspect of yourself, right? That these things are integrated. It's brain health, not mental health, really. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. We've come to that part of the show where it's time for action steps of the day. Marcy, we love to share methods and strategies for self-care that work in real life. Can you just summarize some action steps? What should we do if we want to feel better today? Sure. Well, I, I would say first and foremost, treat yourself like you treat your best friend. I mean, it is there oh, is nothing awesome. wrong with um, showing yourself the love that you would show someone else that you love. And as women, I think it's hard for us to do that. I know it's certainly something that I've struggled with at times. Um, I know that this is another thing that most people probably know, but I've had a a, a hard time unplugging. I would absolutely recommend carving out time to go offline um, and to unplug so that you can get that mental break that you need to recharge. Um, I'd also recommend creating boundaries as needed, um, whether it's with certain relationships or or things um, at work that are no longer serving you, like find ways to create more space um, from that. Um, I'd also say, don't feel bad about saying no. No is a complete sentence. Um, it's something that as women, we need to be more confident about doing and not feel like it's going to negatively affect us. And then obviously, as you say all the time, Carmen, just continue to invest in yourself. Whatever it is that you need to get through the day, um, whether it's um, carving out time to learn something new, 
um, to explore a new talent. Find ways to invest in yourself because you've got to put yourself first if you're going to um, be someone that everyone else can rely on. So I, I highly recommend doing those things. Marcy, just thank you so much for laying down your wisdom today. Thank you, Carmen. Thanks for having me. We are going to leave Marcy's social handles in the show notes. If you're interested in hosting a Hello Health workshop, please reach out through our website, hellohealthtoday.com. Also, if you'd like to support the show and change those stats, search for Hello Health Today anywhere you get your audio. To find the show, smush the words hello and health together and subscribe now so that Hello Health Today drops automatically into your feed. Please take the time right now to rate and review us. It helps other people find us. Until next time, remember, today is good. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Because I am a medical doctor, it's important for me to tell you that nothing I say here in this podcast can substitute for your doctor's advice. My lawyers make me say the same thing this way. The contents of this podcast are neither intended nor implied to be relied on for medical diagnosis, care, or treatment concerning any individual. Under no circumstances does this podcast create a physician-patient relationship, nor does it constitute engagement in the practice of medicine or the provision of any healthcare service to an individual patient. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for professional diagnosis and treatment. Consult a healthcare provider before making any healthcare decisions or to obtain guidance about any medical conditions. The producers of this podcast expressly disclaimed responsibility and shall have no liability for any damages, loss, injury, or liability whatsoever suffered as a result of reliance on the information contained in this podcast.